0: Welcome to the Micah Micah podcast, presented by Legendary Sports Network. I'm Mike here with, with Micah. We have a lot to get to today. Um, I mean, it's been it's been a fun couple of days, I, at least for us, Micah, as Redskins fans, mm-hmm. in uh, in the coaching world. As Black Monday was upon us, as the NFL season ended uh, last Sunday, we've seen a lot of changes already. I want to start with the Browns. Um, Browns, Claret House with. GM John Dorsey being gone, and they also fired Freddie Kitchens after a disappointing season of, what did they go, 6-10 and 10, or 7-9 and nine, or whatever it was, <laughs> after there were a lot of talks from people that they were a Super Bowl team, that they were a playoff team, and they did not live up to that expectation. So, Michael, what were your thoughts on this um, coaching search of the Browns? Do you think Freddie Kitchens should have even been hired in the first place? And what do you think is the next step for the Browns moving forward to be – a oh, winning the organization and Lord knows we don't we don't know if we'll ever see that.
1: Man, um probably the thing that cost John Dorsey his job was the fact that he hired Freddie Kitchens and I think on his account that was a you know, looking back on it now, it was a pretty lazy hire and at the time it was kinda like, Well, why do they hire Freddie Kitchens when Greg Williams <laughs> just got them to this record? Like I, I felt like if you wanna hire somebody in house you hire Greg Williams who Obviously, he had locker room control. We know that he could speak to his players because in the past, he, he's very candid about, you know, what he'll do for his players. He's a player coach. We know that for a fact. Um, And I think that, you know, there's also talks uh, that, you know, the, the Haslam's, uh, <clears throat> the ownership kind of was like, they were looking for other coaches, but because John Dorsey was leading the search, it might have been bumping heads and things like that. And I guess in that case, if you take away John Dorsey, Maybe that kind of opens up situations where you got a coach that wants the kind of full player control. Uh, you know, he he has that. He has the front office, I guess, okay, along with the on the field and player personnel, okay. The problem is though, John Dorsey is the reason that the Browns are even in the situation they were now. As far as getting players bought in and player personnel, John Dorsey was the head of that. Um, you know, John Dorsey is a guy with great background. Uh, a proven, I would they say, a, a winner in the NFL. He, he knows how to get talent to where they need to be and kind of in the right system. And I feel like he, from where they were, he's put them in a pretty decent spot going forward. Um, And I guess if you were talking about a full cleanup job for the Browns and you want to kind of clear house from everything that was bad about the Browns, it kind of makes sense. They finally had the last remnants of that Hugh Jackson era gone out of there. They can really start new. Um, But I think that that lazy kind of hire is what cost John Dorsey his job. Um, it's unfortunate because I, I like him as a GM and I hope he lands on the street. I think he'll get a nice job other places with some other team looking for GMs and kind of play personnel guys. But hiring Freddie Kitchens was not the guy. He, is, he couldn't speak to those players. We saw players like, I mean, shoot, Jarvis Landry is not a really a, a guy like Odell who will make his feelings known. And kind of he'll hide his emotion more so than Odell will. But we saw kind of pouting and things like that. From him, uh, I thought a guy like Freddie Kitchens would be able to speak to Baker Mayfield more because they had a great working relationship last year as his offensive coordinator. But you know those those, those same uh, those same kind of things don't happen when he's your head coach. So I think if you still have Freddie Kitchens as your offensive coordinator, think you know, <clears throat> excuse me, things go a lot more smoothly. But a bad situation kind of turned worse, and we're seeing the kind of clearinghouse of what the Browns used to be, and they're going to try to find new guys now.
0: Yeah, with the Brown situation. You hit the nail on the head. John dorsey is gone because he hired Freddie Kitchens. When they hired him, I didn't think actually it was a bad hire. I thought that uh, the offense took strides as uh, Hugh was gone and Greg Williams became the head coach and Freddie was a good offensive coordinator. I didn't anticipate the fact that he's just a good offensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. He does not have that ability to be a leader of men and to be an overseer of every aspect of the team. With uh, the Browns, we saw that they had a lot of issues with special teams and that they weren't they weren't always sound on uh defense and even he seemed overwhelmed because he was so focused on everything that he wasn't focusing on his offense and Nick Chubb wasn't getting the ball a lot and Baker Mayfield seemed like he was back in the Big Twelve the way he was throwing the ball and it just it just didn't work. I think Freddie Kitchens will get another head coaching job in maybe five to ten years after he goes through the proper ranks of staying as an OC, because he was just a well, uh, just a QB's coach? Yeah, he got, um, the, he
1: got the crazy promotion.
0: Yeah, he was a QB's coach to start the season. Then Hugh gets fired, gets moved to offensive coordinator, and then from offensive coordinator to head coach. He needs to go back. He's better than a QB coach at this point. Let him stay as the offensive coordinator for four to five years, and I think he'll be fine to get another job in another situation. But for now, that just didn't work, and that unfortunately cost uh, Dorsey his, his job. Freddie Kitchens is not i mean he'll he'll similar to jay gruden he'll get an offensive coordinator job because i do think he has a good scheme but it just didn't work out with uh didn't work out with the browns who i think they need to go with i think they need to go with somebody that's established i think a mike mccarthy somebody who's who's tough and who's going to be able to tell baker like look you're not all that you think you are and i know that for a fact i've been with a quarterback that is all that he is in Aaron Rodgers. So you're not the best quarterback I've ever been with. So you need to pipe down, get back in your playbook, and they figure it out together and they build again because it's sad to see the Browns lose so much in every commercial you see Baker Mayfield in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> the Browns are down by 20, and next thing you see, you see Break- Baker Mayfield. Hulu has lost sports. <laughs> we see Baker Mayfield cleaning up the the Brown stadium. And I was just like, Oh, this is, this could have, this is so wrong that every single time we uh we're seeing them. Baker Mayfield comes up next and he's not producing it. Then we get to see him uh, on the other hand, making money with his commercials. We all, I think everybody overestimated how good he was going to be. Obviously there is a sophomore slip, but he really slumped this year compared to, to last year. So, they need to reset there. I think they're going to get it with uh, hopefully a Mike McCarthy or that type of coach mm-hmm. who has an established background that can bring everybody together and be like, look, we have talent. I know how we need to put it together for us to win because I do think they can be a winning organization pretty quickly if they're able to get the right hire and the right coach in. It's talent, so a, Oh, my yeah, gosh. Yeah, they're very, very talented team. They, they have a two-headed monster in, at both the receiving court and in the backfield. You have Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. You have Odell and Jarvis. Baker is a good quarterback. That team had to go to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. It had to go to the playoffs. And the fact that it didn't, it just shows that, look, sometimes, I mean, we make predictions, but obviously, we never know what's going to really happen, and this year was just proof positive of that. But moving on from the Browns, let's move to the Dallas Cowboys. Um, we all assumed that Jason Garrett would have been gone by now, but he had a meeting, a second meeting with the <laughs> with um the Joneses yesterday, and he's still employed. No, no decisions have been made yet. So, Micah, is there any way Jason Garrett can finesse his way back as being a Cowboys head coach for maybe another year or two? I think the
1: only way that he returns, and it is kind of likely. I I will say this: there's a thing about stability. In the NFL that you can't replicate. And even a team that is in the perennial middle spot, like the Cowboys have been there. We always joke Jason Garrett, if you know Kirk Cousins called himself an eight and eight quarterback. Jason Garrett is the eight and eight coach of the century. Like he is Mr. <laughs> eight and Eight. Seven and nine, nine and seven. Except that one outlier year, uh last year when they, they had a pretty good record, but in the end of the day, they're not going to get the playoff success that they probably want. He is that middle of the pack kind of guy. Um the only way that he comes back, in my opinion, is if guys like Lincoln Riley, Urban Meyer, and Matt Rule turn down the job. I don't think all three of them turn down the job though. I think one of those guys, if you if you're cherry picking these guys, I think one of them
0: takes it. It'll probably be Matt Rule. Um, yeah, I was going to say Matt Matt probably gonna is probably good. And he's already he's already opposite. in
1: state. Um it's kind of the clean kind of hire. You're going to take a guy who has great success at Baylor. You're going to take him right to the Dallas Cowboys and he's going to be able to speak to some of the younger players and things like that and it's an attractive hire. It's a lucrative hire. It Looks pretty good. Um Jason Garrett, man, he he's definitely overstayed his welcome of from being a, that interim guy and kind of just taking the reins and him, you know, seeing good success at first, but the problem was it, it never went past the point of, hey, we can really challenge for a Super Bowl. I don't think I've ever, you know, media has always said it, but I don't think I've ever considered a Cowboys Super Bowl favorite just because the coaching. I, I just don't believe in Jason Garrett as that guy who could either put players in the perfect position to to you know be in that in that kind of conversation or really just coaches guys up enough. You know, maybe it's the staffing thing, it's a lot of other things that, you know, they'll be in that type of position. Um, Talent-wise, the Cowboys are ridiculous, and they've been ridiculous for the last maybe half of the decade. Like, they have so much talent that the fact that they're not in NFC championships more often or ever. It, at, it, at all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, at all is it, a problem because you see how much play. And, you know, they're going to have to start paying money and everything. What's the Cowboys? I feel like they'll make it happen, Jerry Jones has always kind of made it happen and that's why he has to, he kind of has to be, well actually that's another conversation, I don't Jerry Jones kind of has to it's not going to happen because it's Jerry Jones but they're not going to see any uh, different type of output and I don't think they're going to make a Super Bowl regardless of who they input until Jerry Jones is, and the Jones is kind of cease existence in the Cowboys but the problem is, for the last five decades it's been Jerry Jones so that's not going to change, but... Uh, yeah, he's not taking a backseat. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it's going to take, uh, you know, other things to kind of get him out of that position. And, we, you know, we, we don't hope that happens, but the Cowboys are in that, like I said, that perennial uh, stuck in the mud kind of thing. And it sucks because hey, I'm a Redskins fan, but I love good football. And when talent's kind of getting wasted, you know, and I love to see it because I'm a Redskins fan, it's kind of like, dang. I mean, I-, I would expect them to at least have an NFC Championship. Not even a win, but an appearance under their belt for all the time yeah. they had. But, yeah, man, like, the Cowboys are a mess. Uh, if I were to put a, a name on who they're probably getting, it's probably Matt Rule. Uh, that's a safe hire, like I said, and I could definitely see it translating. Not the wins, but, the, you know, it looks good at
0: least. Yeah, I don't think there's any shot Jason Garrett stays. If he does, I, like you said, we're Redskins fans, but I would feel bad oh. for Cowboys fans. Oh, I would feel terrible. Like, I would be like, wow, that's – even we, even we can know that. Hey, it's time. It's time to change. You guys are still sticking with the same eight and eight guy. I don't think there's any chance that he survives. Like you said, I think Matt Rule is the favorite. Um, he's also interested in the Giants' job, so it looks like he's going to be in the NFC East. And I think he's a really, he's actually a really, really good coach. Um, but with the Cowboys, they just have they have everything that they need. Uh, they obviously have to figure out this off season the Dak situation. I, I do believe he's going to get paid. And personally, for me, I wouldn't re sign Amari Cooper with the way that Michael Gallup has been able to produce. And it's not, this is not a juju situation where everybody's focused on Cooper. So they're uh, letting uh, Gallup eat. Gallup is on the field every single play oh, versus Cooper. He who, was the number one. <laughs> even Cooper, with Cooper who on the field. Who is tagging himself in and out of games. So I do believe that uh, the Cowboys' job is a very enticing, intriguing. I think it's the best opening, um, even though it's not officially open yet, but mm-hmm. I think for a job position, I do believe it's the best opening just because uh, the Browns, yeah, they have the talent, but they've just always been in the f- this functional franchise. The Cowboys, on the other hand, they I mean, they were a top team. They, they were America's team for a reason. They were winning and recently it's just gone down and they need a coach that can re-energize, that can bring everything back to the way they used to be where Jerry Jones was winning those championships and I think that's probably going to be a Matt Rule type and if he comes in too, I think he changes up the system. I think he changes up the way the feeling is around the Cowboys. And unfortunately for, for us in the NFC East, it just makes it that much tougher. So it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting couple of weeks for the Cowboys to see where exactly uh, they decide to go. Moving off from the Cowboys to another team in the NFC East Micah the Giants. Obviously fired Pat Schumer after a nine and twenty-three start as the Giants coach so Ben McAdoo done Pat Schumer done who is the next coach in line for this Giants job what do you want to see from that coach and does the coach have to necessarily be 100% bought into Daniel Jones as a starting quarterback or do you think that they could potentially even down the line be like "Uh, I don't really don't really like Daniel Jones but I, I love Saquon Barkley and we can maybe draft like another quarterback late in this round maybe almost like an RG3 Kirk Cousins situation where Mm -hmm. even though they were the same draft but getting somebody just there as a backup just in case anything anything happens with Danny
1: yeah man so you made a great point about do they have to like do you have to rely on Dan Jones being the figurehead of the franchise for the next 10 years well the good thing is they have Saquon Bartley who is that he's proven to be that for the last two seasons so, you know, you don't have to put all your chips or, you know, eggs in one basket with a guy like Daniel Jones. You could definitely see a situation where if Daniel Jones is necessarily producing with whatever coach they have, they bring in another quarterback and they try to groom him for that job. yeah, um, it's still, I'm still a little confused by that pick. I felt like they could have done other things, but Daniel Jones proved to be a, he's he's an NFL quarterback. I'll yep. say that. He isn't definitely an NFL quarterback. Now, I think he's just Eli Manning light. Which somehow, some way they got championships with Eli Manning, but that's another case I was at defense going absolutely crazy. Um, I definitely think that I definitely think that somebody like Josh McDaniels could possibly go there. Um, I definitely think that with kind of how the Patriots have kind of been going and the, the track they're going. I think, you know, it's always a Patriots, so I, I never, ever, ever, and I say this all the time, I will never count out Bill Belichick, and I will never count out touchdown Tom Brady simply because they always find a way to make it happen. Uh, they won a Super Bowl last year. They find a way to make it happen. I think a guy like Josh Daniels, who was linked to jobs in the past, um, I believe he, like, did a head fake, a pump fake on a uh, Broncos job. Or was it the coach job or something the like that? job. Yeah, yeah, the coach job. And if he was linked, I believe, to other jobs. You know, he's always his name's always kind of being thrown out there, and people are always requesting interviews. But I think that's a job he takes simply because they have a lot of offensive firepower. And I feel like if you get – well, when healthy, they have a lot of offensive firepower. And I think if they get that defense really shered up, and they're not a bad defense. They actually have a great front seven, and they have some good DBs and things like that. But I feel like that's the second most lucrative job, especially because of the big market. And I feel like if John Daniels is going to um, make his head coaching debut, well, not his debut, but his kind of reemergence back into the head coaching position, I think that's a perfect spot for him. Uh, It's a big market city. Um, You're going to get a lot of attention. You know, the New York media is crazy, but I feel like he's a guy that can handle it, being in the Patriot system and, you know, the Patriot way and things like that. And I definitely think that if you want to leave your stamp and, you know, you want to be remembered and you want to try to challenge for the NFC East, I definitely think it is on um, the NFC East. It, it's in a position where it's never been before, where you got three teams looking for coaches or making coaching changes. Um, you know, it, and for once, I would say the Eagles are probably the most the the safest team out of the bet, simply because they they won a championship, and you see the kind of same nucleus, and they don't have to change because they have succeeded. But NFC East is kind of up in the air right now, and even saying that the Eagles and the Cowboys went down in Week Seventeen just to see who's going to get a spot, and neither of those teams were going to make it to the Super Bowl this year. So the NFC East is open. I definitely see a guy like Josh McDaniels. He gets in there, and I think he takes that job. I think he definitely He takes that job. Also, watch out for Eric Bieniemy though. Uh, he's always been
0: that's who I that's who yeah. I was always, Eric yep. Bieniemy
1: has always been a guy, especially from that Chiefs job. He has so much potential to uh, whatever they're doing with the Chiefs. He has so much potential, especially how Chiefs guys are getting jobs right now. He has so much potential to change anything he touches. So I definitely think that's a possibility. But uh, I would just say watch out for those two guys. Definitely offensive minded guys though.
0: Yeah, I was going to go with the uh, enemy just because of, like you said, his ability on offense. That's where they have their most star and talent right now with Sterling Shepard, Evan Ingram. Uh, we saw Slayton and Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley. Obviously, you need a guy that can go in there offensively and be able to put it all together because we saw bits and pieces of them being great, mm-hmm. but they never were able to be consistently at that level. Uh, we saw the Buccaneers game where everything was clicking for that offense, but they weren't able to get back to that level with um Daniel Jones himself. so I do believe that uh Eric theem would be the best coach for this uh we We did hear josman Daniels talk, obviously matt roll talk and there's there's like some scatter of um jason garrett too i I highly doubt that he he gets a job immediately after he was fired or just because he was a five hundred coach but I, I think eric the would be would be a great coach for them um it sucks because like these are rival teams, but I also want to see like great coaches get good opportunity. Like he's, I mean, th- that's, that's a guy that's paid his dues. Mm-hmm. Josh McDaniels and B I mean, they paid their dues. They're not a Freddie kitchen situations. They have learned at the feet of great coaches and know exactly what they need to do to be that type of great coach. And I mean, we see it now. It, it, it didn't work with the Cleveland Brown situation. So we're going back from that. Oh, the Sean McPhays, the Zach Taylors, the, um, Matt LaFleur's those quick, oh, you were with the hot coach or the hottest coach now. We have to hire you. We're going back to that. Look, let's go to a guy that's established, that has made, paid his due, that has seen different types of seasons, different types of situations. And I think Eric Biannimi would be the perfect coach for uh, for the Giants there, or Josh McDaniels, who did go away from a coach situation and decided, look, I want to go ahead and make sure I get the right opportunity. And if he believes in Daniel Jones, this could potentially be the right, um, the right opportunity for him. And then moving on, last but not least, the Washington Redskins. Hey. Uh, we did fire. We're, we're going to do a State of the Redskins pod sometime later this week. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But there's a, we did our State of the Redskins. We're going to do the State of the Redskins pod. Bruce Allen is gone. Ron Rivera is in. We got word that Jack Del Rio is going to be the defensive coordinator. So we already have our coach. We're already set. So this is not about who do we think. It's what are our thoughts on our new head coach in Ron Rivera and our new D.C. in Jack Del Rio. Mike, I'll let you go first, but I think I already know how you feel about this because it's it's a new day in D.C. Hey, it's, it's, it's a new day.
1: Hey, man, if we were on video, you would see me dancing right now and doing a little fussle <laughs> shuffle shots of my man Uzi. But, uh, man, finally, we have somebody, in my opinion, with a backbone, um, somebody that, first of all, will be able to talk to players, which is – and I, I always mention this, being a player's coach is, in my opinion, way more important than being a strategist kind of guy. or you know. And a lot of times you kind of look for a strategist kind of guy and a guy like Bill Belichick because he is the ultimate strategy guy. That's Bill Belichick. That's a guy who was the ultimate player's coach as a defensive coordinator years before he was a strategy guy. You work up to being a strategy guy. Um, a guy like Ron Rivera, he definitely changes the culture. Um, getting rid of Bruce Allen is one of the one of the most. I'm, yeah, no, I don't.
0: Not not exaggerating. I think it's the biggest move of my lifetime. As yeah, it's it's the one time where I can actually say, "Oh, there's actually
1: change happening." Because Bruce Allen has been he's overstayed his welcome for the last decade. He should have been gone at the beginning of the decade. Um, with the moves he was making, getting guys like Abraham, you know, we and. <sighs> We talk about that and all that and things like that and how he's been kind of working his way up through the system and earned Dan's trust. To see it all crashing down, and kind of see us picking up the steps with solid coaches with backbones who know what they're doing. Ron Rivera was just in the Super Bowl this decade. Yes, he had Cam Newton, but he knows how to coach his guys. Jack Rio is a respected NFL coach, and he's a respected defensive coordinator. Um, and you already see it in the, the process kind of change into one that actually fits what the Redskins have. Um, moving from a 3-4 system, that didn't work under Manefsky, the uh, 4-3 system that's going to utilize the edge rushes we have instead of putting them in coverage, work on, you know, getting the front seven in situations that you're not out of position and you couldn't buy it in the right situation. You're not going to have your DBs playing a ridiculous amount of uh, coverage in time or time and coverage simply because the pass rush is not getting there. or You have your best pass rushes in coverage. Um, you know, on all that is really important because it's it's part of eliminating the dysfunction that comes with being a, a Redskins player and a, and a Redskins fan. Um, you start making actual football decisions that make sense. You know, logical football decisions. And you see great things happen. Um I think the one thing they have to do, and I already think that's in the process, they have to get Kevin O'Connell back as offensive coordinator. Yep. Um that's key to the not just to the development of Dwayne Haskins, who you have to invest because he was your top draft pick. Um you invest A Great coaching to him, somebody who has a great working relationship with him. But the way this offense played in the last couple weeks with Kevin O'Connell calling plays his way and taking full control, it looks beautiful. You got guys emerging guys like Steven Sims where if you was want to do like a a breakout player of the year in the NFL, I think he gets that. Or a guy who, you know, his draft story is so amazing. A guy went undrafted uh, or late draft pick or undrafted, and he's just balling out and he's doing what he has to do to make a roster. It's perfect. You got, You have to utilize your players like that. Um, and, you know, even with Callahan's system, yes, it was It was not built to win. It was built to lose. We know we were just tanking and running the rock and, and doing things like that. But I want to see guys like Steven Sims in motion and getting bubbles. I want to see RPO uh, implemented because these things work and they win. So just the fact that the wheels are turning and it's actually football minds around and hopefully we're getting to the point where we get uh, a GM that uh, – that can actually complement what we have going on with the head coach and things like that. And hopefully, there's no um, there's no miscommunication. Hopefully, your head coach is in the draft room, which Jay Gruden wasn't in the past. Um, hopefully, these things happen and they work and they co- and they you know coexist. And I hope it's perfect for the Redskins. Uh, I have high hopes, and not just me being a fan. Um, I think that they're doing the right thing and they're getting the right people in the right situations. And we have a great pick with the number two pick.
0: Yeah, uh, I agree with you totally there with. The Redskins, I want to start here with just the Ron Rivera hiring. The fact that Daniel Snyder was able to be proactive uh, first with firing Bruce Allen and not getting him involved in any situation of who would be the next head coach was a big first step for me. Um, The fact that Ron Rivera was ready to be hired by the time the season was Mm -hmm. over so that Dan Snyder, is he himself, is tired of this losing and being incompetent and being a laughingstock of the league. Ron Rivera. When you l- listen to former players talk about him, nobody has said. I haven't heard one player, Not one, one player night. say something negative about him. That he's been a motivator. That he's tough, but you love him. That he he praises you when you do good, but he also get on you when you do bad. And the fact that he was able to in each and every situation. That he, was, that he was in, whether it was a D.C. or as a head coach with the Panthers for nine years, he was able to turn a two-and-something team, getting Cam Newton, and they were able to go to the Super Bowl with a 15-and-1 season. And as a Redskins fan, we can't be – we can't be <laughs> – beggars, can't be choosers. We can't be like, oh, we need, we need a coach that has Super Bowl pedigree. Yeah, he's been to the Super Bowl once, and that's not pedigree, but we haven't had anything. I just want playoff wins, and I think Ron Rivera is that first step to getting playoff wins. Um, he has a five-year deal, and I think after that five-year deal, if he wants to move into a front office role, I would love it. I believe Kevin O'Connell is our mm-hmm. coach of the future. That's just me personally, and I think that he needs to just keep staying in the system, making sure that he everything is working out for him just so that he knows how to be able to still call or run a defense and just learn all the aspects of being a head coach. And there's no better person to be under than Ron Rivera in that situation. So I think it's a perfect hiring for the Redskins. With, uh, like you said, keeping Kevin O'Connell, it's important. Uh, reports came out that the last two weeks of the season, Bill Callahan said, hey, Kevin, this offensive game, it, it's, just, it's all on you. You are the one that's going to plan out the offense. You're going to call the plays, and let's see how it works. And it just so happens those were Dwayne Haskins' best two games. He was able to produce at a high not, – not produce. He was able to produce at one of the highest levels. The best quarterback, like I would say – probably the best quarterback performance by a rookie Mm -hmm. this season Um, those two games and that half before um, that half before he got injured against the Giants where everything was he just hitting everything and it just looked like it was easy we have the talent offense receiver wise I do believe that uh, with um, with Scary Terry we have Steven Sims and we have Kelvin Harmon who is coming who's coming up to We have the talent at the receiver position. We need to find a way. um, We'll get into that and stay to the Redskins, obviously, but we need to find a coach that gives everybody an opportunity to excel. Darius Geis, he's hurt, hurt, so, yeah, let him try to get back. I do believe he will be able to stay healthy, hopefully, and be a great back for us. And you also have Bryce Love, who's probably taking over that Chris Thompson role. So you have a lot of weapons, and keeping Kevin O'Connell and just keeping continuity with Dwayne Haskins and this whole offensive young team is going to be important. And then moving over to the defensive side, oh, I mean, God. Del Rio. <laughs> Ron Rivera and Del Rio, you can't, you, you can't get a total opposite. Uh, you can't get the total opposite of Greg Menace there. Those are guys that have been proven track records that they can turn defenses around. We have the talent. We're going to probably get Chase Young. So we're going to have a Montez Sweat, Chase Young at our d ends. We're going to have uh, some type of rotation between Allen Payne and Ioannidis in the middle. You have Cole Holcomb, Ryan Anderson, and Ruben Foster as your linebackers next year. That is an amazing front seven. They're going to be able to turn a team that was pretty bad on third downs this year, was not a great defense. They're going to turn them into, I believe, a top 10 defense in the league. Immediately, Immediately, bro. Immediately. And by the time they get a couple of years under the belt, I think they could turn them into a top five defense in the league and it's going to be it's going to be a process I, that's one thing I I want to like caution the Redskins fan and we'll get more into it in our uh state of the Redskins but we have to make sure that we are um that we are cautious and we are making sure that this is not like something that's going to change immediately we're not going to be a playoff team next year it'll be great but it's not going to happen these are steps we were 3-13 and 13 this year be 6-10 next year Go ahead and be nine and seven. Then you could maybe talk about going to the playoffs. So this hiring, I think, is great for the Redskins. It's a change of pace. It's a new way of just operating, and I'm excited for the Redskins' future. And I think it's going it's only going to go up. Uh, only going to go up from here. But some last minute, um, some last minute things I just want to bring up. Uh, the Jags did decide that they're bringing Doug Marone back. So, obviously, I think they're blaming everything of this season on Tom Coughlin. who was fired week uh, week 16, didn't even get to week 17. So, uh, the Jags are keeping Doug Marone, and we're going to see what they do there. They have an interesting situation with Gardner Minshew and Nick Poles. We'll get into more NFL talk as, uh, as the playoffs continue and as the offseason starts on who should be that quarterback going for it. But for Mike and for Micah, thanks again for listening to another episode. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube. uh, Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel at Legendary Sports and our podcast at Legendary Sports Network. We'll see you on the next episode. Peace, peace.